Back in 2015, when I was pregnant with my second child and had newly started running two businesses, my husband and I took a course together on budgeting and saving for families. That class taught that in each couple's relationship, there's typically a spender person and a saver person, and that there was some discussion needed to get the spender on board and some flexibility needed from the saver. In other words, budgeting and staying on track shouldn't always fall on the person who naturally identifies as a saver. However, as an entrepreneur, you're the one in control of the ship. You are the CEO. You are in charge of all of this. You may naturally tend to be either a spender or a saver, but in order to be a successful business owner, there may have to be some hard sit-down conversations with yourself. There's no one else to rely on to make sure that you're staying on budget or to even create a budget. Anne-Marie and I are certainly no experts on budgeting and always staying the course, but today we're going to dive deep into the concept of finding some inspiration in budgeting and keeping it fun, rewarding, and realizing that life as an entrepreneur is a constant learning curve. And before we get started, please take a minute to like, subscribe, and share our podcast with a friend. We would really love to grow our All The Things community, and we appreciate you helping us to meet our goals. Now, let's start the show. I'm Lauren Pryor, here with my co-host, Anne-Marie Rosa. And together we have 25 years of business owning experience and five kids ranging in age from six to 22. We are all the things. And we've come together to create a supportive space for mamas who own their own businesses or are thinking of starting a business. We will brighten your day with tips and tricks for motherhood and life as an entrepreneur. Our hope is that more than anything, you will find a friend in us here but also that you leave with some inspiration, ideas, and stories that will resonate with you wherever you might be in your motherhood and entrepreneurial journey. So grab your favorite beverage, turn the volume up, and let's dive right into this life of ours by design. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us again on another episode of All The Things. We are talking today about finding inspiration in budget, and I am joined today by my lovely co-host, Anne-Marie Rosa. Hi, Anne-Marie. Hello, hello. So, so excited to talk about budget today. We literally just had a whole conversation. (laughs) I wish we would hit record before we like get into it. We're just talking about all the renovations we have going on in our house and budgeting and, and all of the things that entail with all the things that we want to do. It's crazy. I know it's actually, we were having the, the conversation right before this about the difference in, um, maybe how your hubby sees budgeting and how you see budgeting. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And how he thinks that you can feed a family of three on uh like this rice crazy, and beans, crazy dollar amount that is not really doable <laughs> for people who actually um grocery shop and and cook and feed their families like <laughs> like yeah. I don't know how anybody lives on that dollar amount that he came up with. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm like, I do most of the grocery shopping. So like I, I know how much I'm spending on groceries and things like that. 
if it were up to him, we would eat rice and beans every day because it's cheap. <laughs> you can you can feed an army with rice and beans. I totally get it. But like, is it realistic to eat rice and beans every day? No. So right. I since I'm the cook of the family, I do all of the grocery stuff, the shopping, the, you know, and and planning. And um, you got to make a budget for it. You have to budget for things like groceries. You have to budget for things like clothing, um, just all of the little expenses that you have in your home and your business. So I, know. I think back to like, what what I could have done better years ago, you know, I feel like I am always a work in process when it comes to like financing and budgeting and all of that. But like, what I wish, what do we wish we would have known? Like, what do you think that? You- I know if you look back at the beginning, well, first understanding that this is all a learning curve. You know, we're all going through this one step at a time. And no matter where you are on this journey, um, it's okay to still be learning. I mean, that's what I think we should be doing as humans. You know, we're constantly learning new ways, new tips and tricks to figure this thing out. Um, and I don't know, budgeting, there's, there's so many different, um, you know, avenues of how we could talk about this. One of the things that I was thinking about was goals, because we've talked about Mm -hmm. goals before here and in previous, uh, a previous episode, um, but setting intentions in what you want to spend for your life and your business and, and just really laying that out. Um, I think that that's something that I have to remind myself to do because life just moves so fast, you know, and suddenly mm-hmm. you've spent this dollar amount and not really thought about how that's going to impact this other bucket of money, you know? Oh gosh. That's like the whole, like go to target analogy where you're like only going there for one thing. And you're like, hold up like $250 later, you've got a cart full of crap that you didn't even plan for. So like, (laughs) how do you get there? Like, how does that happen? You know, target gets me every time. That's how target works though. I really, (laughs) like, I really think that they are, they're such a good provider of all those little things that you just didn't know you needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as soon as you go in there to buy one thing, it's definitely a whole cart later. Uh, Seriously. That, that could be a budget blower for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I was reading online some, some uh, you know, some how to budget things. And they were talking about writing out your motivations, like motive. Okay. Motivations. First of all, like what moves you to do something Mm -hmm. and looking at that really seriously. And then your values, your goals, and your plan, which are all different things, but finding that motivation of how to stick to a budget or even just start creating a budget. I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's different for everybody. Like, what do you think is your motivation for a job well done, like in general, not just in budgeting, but in life, like what motivates you? You want to be able to do something or go somewhere or what? Yeah. Like it's totally something that would be a part of your why, you know, some people find value in traveling. And so, you know, there might be some sacrifices that you have to make in order to, you know, take those trips to Europe and, you know, do those really nice vacations and everybody's life 
looks different. So I think it just like when it comes to goals and things like that, you have to look at like what you're saying, like, what is your why? What is, what is it that drives you and motivates you? And what things are you willing to prioritize? And what things are you willing to sacrifice to be able to get to the, those goals? I know that, um, like one of the things that I wish I knew, honestly, as a photographer is at the very beginning, I spent so much money on templates you know, like, like little templates that you can download because, you know, I'm not a graphic designer. I've learned to become a graphic designer, like just by, you know, doing it over and over again and and creating things in Photoshop and Lightroom and all of that. Um, But I'm not like educationally trained as a graphic designer. And one of the things that I used to buy all the time were templates where I could just like insert my photos for like marketing stuff and making announcements and every little template that I saw, I wanted to buy. And I just had folders and folders of templates for different things that like I never used. They were just sitting there, Mm -hmm. you know? So I wish like back then somebody would have said like, Hey, you only need these things and you can interchange them. Um, and also too, like buying a bunch of templates, what that caused me to do was become inconsistent in my messaging because all of the templates were different. They had like a different design, different features. And, you know, at that time I didn't really know how to like finagle them, you know? And so If I would have known back then, I would have maybe just got like one pack of templates and stuck with that pack and continue to like move the little elements around on the template, change out the colors based on, you know, what I was promoting or, you know, uh, keep the colors in line with like my brand mood colors and things like that, instead of maybe using what the templates came with, which I would, you know, sometimes do that and just like change out the verbiage. And you will believe it or not, you will spend so much money on that as a photographer, like buying little downloadable digital templates for like every little thing, mini sessions and, you know, newsletters and this and that. And it goes to waste because we don't use all of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had never thought of that from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That kind of goes back to the conversation that we've had before about mentorship and Mm -hmm. How awesome would it be if each of us, when we started a business, could have a mentor who was walking alongside us and really like helping us to start out? I think that would have been, I mean, I think it's very rare that people actually get blessed with something like that, but that is such a cool thing. I wish that it was more available to entrepreneurs out there, but you know, business coach. Yeah. Well, not, I mean, I don't just mean like a business coach. I mean, somebody who is in your specific line of work who can give you the tips that you wish you had known when you started like that. Like if you'd had a photography mentor who could Mm -hmm. have said, focus on these things and don't worry about this other stuff, you know? Yeah. I definitely had, you know, that's such a learning curve. Um, I mean, we say that repeatedly, like learning curve is like, it should be our tagline. Um, but, uh, in real estate, there is such a, um, you know, an easy, it's very easy to spend on 
uh, signage and advertising and and not really knowing how your what your return on investment is, your ROI on there. And when you start out too, when you start learning about budgeting and money and all of that, all of the acronyms that come out you are like overwhelming. You don't, that's not a world that I lived in. Um, So figuring that stuff out was really confusing for me. But I think the best piece of advice that I got um, starting out at some point, it was within the first year of going into real estate. I had somebody tell me to save 33% 33% of everything mm-hmm. I made and put it in a bucket that's just for taxes mm-hmm. and just have that set aside to pay your self-employment taxes every quarter. And, um, and I started doing that right away. And that was such a lifesaver for me to not have to scramble for money for taxes when they came due on those quarters, because I had already done it ahead of time. Oh yeah, that is the rule. That is the one rule that I lived by, um, that continue to live by for so long is that like one third rule mm-hmm. where um, you will use one third for your, t- you will set aside one third for your taxes, which in, you know, every state is different. You have to like get with your tax professional to see like what your taxes do, what that percentage is. Right. Um, but you'll have your one third that goes towards your taxes in more cases than none. If you put 33.3% away, that should more than cover it. Right. Um, and then you do your third for your budget for what you're going to spend that year on, you know, marketing expenses, anything that you're going to use for your office, you know, things like that. And then the other third is your paycheck. You know, so oftentimes as a small business owner, you kind of just dip into your your own funds and you don't have a system. You don't have any numbers in place for it. And, you know, you can get to the the end. I remember like the first three years or the first two and a half to three years of business, I would go to do my taxes and um, our tax professional would be like, um, you are currently a hobby right now because if you made, yeah, he told me that he would tell me that he's like, you're not, you're considered a hobby. If you make less than 10 K a year, you are considered a hobby as a small business owner. Huh. And so we would go to do our taxes and all of the money was expenses. It was, you know, um, invest it. Well, I wouldn't even say investing, but like buying templates and buying equipment and cameras and lenses and all of these things that I was buying to just kind of like build my business. And because my expenses basically over, you know, amounted to what I was making, I wasn't making a lot every year. So every time I would do my taxes, I was basically a hobbyist. And then one year I was like, no, I like something's got to give. And I read this really amazing book. If I remember it, I will share it somewhere. But um, it talked about splitting everything into thirds. Mm -hmm. And so I would cut myself a paycheck of one third, I would put whatever income I got, I would take the other third and put it towards taxes. And then I would take the other third and I would put it towards costs of doing business. Um, So those are your cogs, those are going to be like, your ads, your marketing, your um, any little thing that you're going to buy that's that's going to help you with your business. And if you kind of do it that way, 
you end up kind of knowing where your money is going and knowing what you have so that you can be like, oh, I'm getting really close to capping out like my marketing budget. You know, maybe I need to try doing something else that's not going to physically cost, you know, money. That's right. That's right. And just a disclaimer here again, and Marie and I are not tax experts or budgeting experts. Yeah. Uh -uh. (laughs) We are constantly, constantly learning and trying to improve ourselves and our businesses and just trying to share that information out there. But, um, you know, I was thinking too about accountability partners and how we've spoke, we've spoken about that in the past, um, and about how that can really come into play with budgeting. Cause you know, when you're budgeting in a family, hopefully you're, um, you know, if you have a, a spouse or another half, um, another adult in the equation, hopefully that person is involved in budgeting with you and, and, um, helping to figure that stuff out. But when you're an entrepreneur, it's like, it's you, it's you, baby. It's you or nothing. Uh, and figuring that out can be stressful. Um, in fact, I read on your moneyline.com and that website that you told me about, um, 59% of adults in the U S say that financial stress is impacting their work. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's horrifying, but also like as entrepreneurs, if it's if it's going to stagnate us because we're stressing about finances, mm-hmm. if it's something that we can get on top of and really figure out, um, having an accountability partner would be amazing because that's the other, the other, almost the other half. You know, it's somebody who's checking on you and you're checking on them, and maybe you could go and write a budget together and talk through it, troubleshoot for each other and then check in and see how it's going. I just think that's an interesting way to try to get around the fact that entrepreneurs are lone wolves. Yeah. Yeah. You're your own at the beginning. You're, you know, more often than not, you're basically doing everything on your own. You know, you're doing your bookkeeper, you're, you're doing your own bookkeeping, you're doing your own accounting, and maybe you might be using something like TurboTax, or I don't know what's the other one. But, you know, after a while, you have to start thinking too, like when you're thinking about the return on investment, what things could you be utilizing? What things could you be outsourcing that would, you know, alternatively put more money in your pocket, you know, because sometimes you get a little bit nervous too, like spending money on things, but sometimes doing those things, like if you work with an accountant or you work with a bookkeeper, when you're able to, when you feel like you're financially strong enough to, that's going to help you in the long run, like avoid those like IRS, you know, audits and, and things like that, that you might have to deal with if you're not somebody that's skilled in putting in numbers the right way, or maybe you might not be doing your taxes on time quarterly, you know, having somebody handle that for you can be a huge help in like preventing things that will end up costing you money later. Mm Um, also to, um, I think confidence in your pricing, whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that you charge, I think is so important to budget because, you know, you're going to end up with people if you sell a product or you have a service, 
like it's par for the course. You're going to have somebody that's going to ha- haggle you, <laughs> you yeah, know, that's so true. And you have to be confident in your pricing. You have to be confident in your abilities, the education that you've received, the skill set that you have. I find this so much with photographers not being, you know, not feeling like they're confident enough and they're basing their prices off of like the next door neighbor or the photographer down the street or, and, you know, in our case, we have a studio share and there's other studios around us that also, you know, rent by the hour and by, you know, rent time in their space. And like, if I used everyone as a template, that would not be a marker for success because everybody has their own thing, you know, especially with photographers, you have, you know, you might have somebody that's a high volume and they're taking in a lot of sessions a month where you might have another photographer that's a low volume photographer and they might be only doing four or five sessions a month. And what that means is you're going to have somebody that maybe not doing as many sessions and they're going to have a higher price tag right? Mm -hmm. And you might have somebody that's high volume and their per session rate is going to be lower because they're doing more people within that time frame. And then you have, you know, maybe somebody's doing it full time. And then you might have somebody that's only doing it part time. Mm -hmm. And then you might have somebody that's just a hobbyist and they're not really interested in having a full, you know, a full-time business or anything like that. Or you might have somebody who's you know, spouse is the breadwinner and they're just kind of doing it on the side for fun. So that's why you can't really base your prices off of anyone else because everybody's life is different. Mm -hmm. And so you have to have the confidence in your, your education, your abilities, um, what you're, you know, what you provide as a service and confidently present that to somebody because every time and like, Literally, I'm going off on a tangent here (laughs) because it drives me crazy when I see so many people like devaluing themselves because they don't feel confident. You know, they don't feel confident enough in themselves and their abilities when they're amazing. Like, I mean, you know, and what happens is when you give somebody a discount all the time, you're selling yourself short. Mm -hmm. So like if we're talking about budget, like that is something to think about is, you know, who are you discounting your services to? What things are you giving away for free? Because that also like can hurt your bottom line too. That's so and I'm true. sure you, you experience that in real estate too. I'm sure where people want to like haggle you and stuff sometimes, you know, for certain things that, you know, has a cost to it and you, there's no wiggle room. Yeah. Well, you definitely, I, I, I think you touched on some awesome points. Um, and, but, you know, n- knowing your, your worth is super important as an entrepreneur, knowing your hourly value or knowing how much your product should be priced. But that's a lot of that is research too. It is seeing what mm-hmm. is this person charging? What is this person charging? How do I compare to them and yeah. trying to figure yourself out and where you fit in that framework? Um, but I, and and then, and then being, like you said, being very confident and it wins and being prepared for when somebody comes at you asking for discounts, um, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe in some situations you are prepared and you do want to give a discount because it's a certain person or because it's a certain situation, but, uh, in, in the majority of your work, um, I don't believe you should be working 
discounted. I think, I believe that you should have your price and your value set at, according to what you deliver. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if if you deliver this, if you have these standards, if you have this kind of expertise, then Mm -hmm. your price should be here. If you don't, then your price should be elsewhere. Um, But discounting is just a, um, you know, I think it's, it's like a consumer's way of trying to, you know, they're, they're trying to get a little bit more out of you than you were prepared to give and being, being aware that they're going to come at you one day with that question and having a response prepared and that you've practiced, um, Mm -hmm. can be so super helpful, you know, real estate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, a, a, a photographer that has a studio and overhead costs is going to have more business expenses than maybe somebody that works out of their home, you know? Right. So it's just, you can't like, there are no, it's not a one size fits all model, which is why knowing your worth and, and your confidence and, and all of that is so helpful to budgeting because you can often sell yourself short when you really don't need to, you know? Um, what kind of things do you do at home, Lauren? Like for for saving, budgeting? Like, do you have any like routines or things in place for your family? Right. Well, we have multiple. Um, so within the same bank, my husband and I have multiple accounts at that one bank, right? And they all show up on our phone, on our mobile app. And you can see all your different accounts. We uh, we long ago decided to label those accounts based on, you know, the, it doesn't just say like X and then the last four of the account number, you know, it yeah. ha- they have nicknames. And I think that's been really helpful for us because we can actually get on there, see, you know, this is where we want to put money this month. We want to put it in this account and have it either automated So I don't even have to think about it. I can set it and forget it. Or Mm -hmm. it's like it came out of a conversation that we had and we're like, yes, we want to put an extra dollar amount in here this month, or we want to put extra things towards our house this month. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I think that's, that's a really kind of simple little thing. Just nicknaming your accounts. Oh, uh, auto pay is like amazing. Auto like, pay for that sure. because then you don't have to think about it, you know? Right. And I think too, you could set up with your banks a way to where like, if you had a savings account, you could say, I want $50 every time I get like a direct deposit you can have a certain percentage or a certain amount go into another account if you're if you're trying to save for a vacation or you know something that you're wanting to do there's like so many different things you can do within your bank too right i definitely have that in place so i know it does exist um and you could that the fact that you can automate stuff like that is amazing but mm-hmm. what we were talking about before about having an accountant i think it's equally important to have somebody who's guiding you on financial planning and that's two different people. And I didn't realize that for years and years, I thought my tax person should be guiding me on those things and they weren't. And I was frustrated. Uh, So it took me a little bit of learning and a little bit of uh, going through life to realize, you know, it is important to have these different people uh, in my, you know, so-called Rolodex, uh, who, who I can lean on for those kinds of things. And it doesn't just have to be one person. 
And I don't just have to be the person who figures it out. There are experts out there who are, you know, ready and willing. But what about like emergencies? Do you have anything special set aside for emergencies? How do you do that? Yeah, we have like our emergency funds. Um, I, for my stuff, I, just because I'm like a little bit of a control freak, to be honest with you, (laughs) (laughs) I do all of my bookkeeping, but we do use a tax, uh, an accountant for like the, the final spiel. Um, But I work on all, all of my bookkeeping on a weekly basis. Um, And yeah, you have to have like an emergency fund. You have to have a savings fund for, for certain things. I'm, I'm a pretty good planner when it comes to like figuring out organizationally what to do. Like one of the things that I do in my home to just like keep us on track is, and it's, it's, it sounds so small, but like meal planning, you know, Mm -hmm. like if I can sit down on a Sunday and decide what I'm cooking, and this is just because it's my wheelhouse. I know not everybody's the cook of their family, but I am. And if I sit down and I write down all of the meals that I'm going to make for the days of the week that I know that I'm going to be cooking, what that does is it prevents me from like, you know, more often than not feeling like, okay, let's order takeout today. Oh, oh, I didn't figure something out. Let's order takeout again. Oh, I forgot to take the meat out. Let's order takeout again. And I used to find myself in that position a lot when I was really, really busy and just trying to organize my business and my, my motherhood life. And when I started incorporating just little simple things like meal planning, you know, sitting down for an hour, laying it all out, making sure I had all the shop shopping for everything, making sure the ingredients were put away, sometimes even chopped, (laughs) like I'll chop pre chop my onions, pre chop my peppers so that I can have them ready for that meal. Then you don't get like this kid in a candy store situation when you go to the grocery store and you're buying all these things, and you don't know kind of what to make and you don't have a plan in place. So like, it can be as simple as that. And that really kind of helps with your budget to be honest. I agree. I think that's a complete world changer when you start meal planning and grocery planning, like in being intentional about that. It took me so many years of being a mom and being an entrepreneur and just like, you know, swimming upstream, trying to make sure that we were eating something healthy um, or that we were all sitting down at the table together. It was, it, it was exhausting because I wasn't, um, doing something really, really actually simple. I just didn't ever do it, which is sit down, give myself 30 minutes, give myself an hour, however long, and just think about it and just dedicate that time to thinking about it. It's the setting aside of that time that was difficult for me. But I I wanted to ask you, did you, um, uh, you know, we were talking um, before we started recording about, um, tips and tricks that we could share, um, about ways to promote your business. If you are, uh, just starting out and you don't have a lot of money put aside in that budget category for advertising or for spending money on that, on marketing and all of that kind of thing. Um, what is your top trick? Oh gosh. Like how to save money on all those things. Yeah. My, um, I would say that, Oh, I would say that um, 
it just depends. Like you can save money on so many different areas of your business, like marketing wise, you can create reels on Instagram that does not cost you any money to do. You can go in person and meet with people and have like a networking event to promote your business. That doesn't cost anything. You just have to show up. You can sponsor an event and you can be a part of an auction. You can, you know, do a contest. You can um, promote your email list. Like those are all things that are like free and low cost that you can do marketing wise um, at a really, you know, cost effective way. Um, And going back to that, like return on investment, you can make some headway in some of those areas. I agree. I mean, I think all, I mean, you touched on some really important points there um, and that so many of those items are totally free or, you know, very low cost, but that's a really great way to get started with keeping your budget low in the beginning when you're starting out. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have any apps that you use? Apps for budgeting. Um, I've gone through several in the past and not really found one that I love. Do you have one that you love? Yeah. So we have been using Mint, which is a really great app for your phone. And you can go in there and you can put in, I want to spend four or $500 on groceries. I want to spend, categorize everything. And there's a little bar that kind of fills up and tells you where you're at because it'll try, like if you go to, you know, I don't know, McDonald's or something, just as an example, it reads that that's a food place. So when you spend money there, it'll fill in that little kind of line and say you spent money in this, this area. Or if you go shopping and you go to Macy's or something, let's just say, it'll know that you, you were shopping for stuff and it'll fill in that little bar. So Mint is a really, really good one that you can categorize. There's also um, one called You Need a Budget, which we're actually going to be testing out very soon. Um, It looks very interesting, a little more aesthetically like pleasing to my eye than Mint, just because I'm a creative person. Um, But I would try those for for apps that you can have on your phone that will help you budget. And then... um, I was going to say too, um, oh gosh, there's, uh, so just so many different apps out there. There was one that I used to use for my business, um, that it would do the thirds for me. Oh, so I know. I wish I remembered the name of it. And I think like they ended up going out of business, I think, but like during COVID, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I had the app on my phone and then anytime I had income that came in it would categorize it into all of the different so that you don't have to do it with your bank. I would have like a marketing section. I would have a event section. I would have a, like a, cause I do client wardrobes. So I would put client wardrobe in there and it would just literally split it into all these different areas. I love that. I think that's, yeah. really, I think that's really great. I mean, I think that can be so, it can be so handy in making budgeting accessible yeah. um, and easier. I'm sure they, more. I'm sure they have it somewhere. It's maybe another company does it, but like, if you look it up, mm-hmm. it is, it, it does that like split for you. So right. even though they shut down, they might have another one out there somewhere. Yeah. Researched. 
That's a really good idea. Well, uh, just to recap, um, you know, I was looking at this quote from Martin Luther King Jr. And it just kind of summarized it for me in the idea of of budgeting. He, He said, you don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. And I feel like that's how it is with budgeting, because it seems like an overwhelming task. But if you just get started and just do a little something, you, you know, you're starting the process and that's better than where you were before. Absolutely. You have it in there, by the way. Yeah. Catch. The name of the app was called Catch. Catch. Oh, Catch is the, is that app that you were talking about before? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, thank you for joining us again for today's episode. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week and catch up on all the things. I don't know where I've been. I don't know where I'm going. Been holding on to the past, but this life keeps on moving. Don't you worry.